0: Welcome to the Financial Life Podcast with me, Ben Roble. This is episode 39. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, let me emphasize that I don't know you and you don't know me, so I'm not recommending anything in this episode. Instead, my goal is to ensure that you can make decisions in your financial life with as much context as possible. In this episode, we're going to complete our performance conversation so that you know what you are looking at here in early 2024. One concept that is built into finance, particularly investment management, is the idea of benchmarking. In fact, this concept is so important that there is an entire industry that builds indexes that can be used as benchmarks. Most of the time, if an investment option does not have a benchmark, then investment advisory companies will not be willing to put it into a portfolio. Now, the reason that this is relevant to us is that we all have a style of investing that we are most comfortable with. This starts with the idea of being benchmark-aware or agnostic. Think about it this way. If you are a track runner and you are benchmark-aware, then you are trying to be Usain Bolt no matter how fast he runs on a given day, even if he's slow. This is relative performance. If you are benchmark-agnostic, you're trying to break the world record, and you don't care how fast anyone else runs. In fact, you might break the world record, but someone else might beat it and you, too. This is absolute performance. Both are relevant, but clients tend to be absolute performance focused because, as in the last episode, they live on absolute cash returns, not relative percentage returns, even though the two are related. The important thing to understand is that the entire wealth management industry is benchmark aware. No matter what you own, even if it is a mutual fund or a separately managed account that claims to be focused on absolute returns, The people who manage it and the advisors who sell it to you cannot help but reference how other assets have done when they meet with you. Now, this is because they are not invested in your absolute returns. I know it sounds weird, but they're not. I cannot think of one person at the companies I've worked at or the companies I've competed against who is compensated on your client's absolute level of performance. But I do know plenty of advisors and investment managers who will point to a benchmark, even if it is one that they just created, and talk about how they did relative to that measurement stick when meeting with their clients and their bosses. If those numbers are good, they can keep their jobs and, importantly, win money away from other companies who are doing the same thing, but whose performance they were able to beat even by just the slimmest of margins. I have been in many meetings where an absolute return focused client was getting a relative performance pitch or review and the miscommunication and ultimate disagreement that this creates is uncomfortable and it's palpable even during the meeting itself. Here's an example. If you have a mutual fund that buys stocks and compares itself to the S&P 500 index, then it is not trying to double the return of that index, the benchmark even though you would absolutely benefit from that kind of result. If it does, then two things are true. First, the fund has taken on way too much risk. That is, they own something that is totally different from the benchmark. It might even make the benchmark irrelevant. And that means if their investment was wrong, they could have halved your investment instead of doubling it, which would be terrible for you and for them. Second, to keep people interested, the investment manager will have to do the same thing next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, and so on. This is a treadmill set at 15 on speed and 12 on incline. Not fun. Now, there are investment funds like this. They are called hedge funds, and they are not really constrained by anything. They can go between asset classes, and they can get as concentrated as they want. And that means they tend to be more focused on absolute performance, but they also typically charge their clients 2% of the assets that they manage every year and take 20% of the gains that they make in exchange for what they promise are higher returns or at least less downside. Some have been quite successful. Others have been successful because they traded on insider information that was later discovered and many fail and some fail spectacularly. If you want a good reference point, see Long-Term Capital Management, and the book about it is called When Genius Failed. Now, if you want to manage your investments like the pros, you need to quantify your expectations, just like we talked about at the beginning of this whole conversation. You can't just buy something because you think it is going to go up a lot. So after you quantify your expectations, you have to hire an investment for every job you want to have done, and then make sure... That the job gets done well. But, and I know this sounds crazy, not too well. This isn't hiring someone to clean your house who does an incredible job. This isn't hiring an engineer for your startup who's just better than everybody else. There are entire groups within private banks and investment advisors whose sole job it is to meet with funds around the world to figure out how they work, how they produce their returns, and whether they are going to be the square peg for the square hole in the portfolio and nothing else. Based on this discussion of performance, you'd be forgiven for thinking that it is only an after-the-fact data point. It is not. Anybody who only offers investments will pretty much live and die on the performance that they produce. But the foundation for the investment management industry is using performance numbers from the past as a guide for forecasting future performance. Now, this starts with an analysis of the economic financial, and political environments within countries of interest. It builds return expectations from interest rates, a topic for Sunday's podcast, to stock markets. It translates those into index-level returns, like the S&P 500 Index for stocks or the Barclays Capital Aggregate Index for bonds in the United States. And it determines how much of each to use in a portfolio to reach certain goals and ends with choosing among different kinds of investment options like single securities, stocks and bonds, ETFs that track those indexes directly, mutual funds, and separately managed accounts to express all of these views. As we discussed in episode 19, you want to focus on how to hit your goals in your investment bucket or in your investment structure with the least amount of risk as possible by combining these different tools. So in essence, Performance is something that you start with to decide what to build and you end with by looking at how it did. Understanding what you were promised at the beginning of the year and as you progressed through the year by your advisor, by your investment manager, by your app, and tracking along how it's going is an important step. Understanding whether you're benchmark aware or benchmark agnostic is an important step for you to ensure that you're getting the right kind of service. Just know that the joke in the investment management, wealth management world is that clients are benchmark aware on the way up and benchmark agnostic on the way down. Thanks for listening. I hope that this is helpful context for you and your financial life.